Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and I'm going to interview special guests to explore the vast career opportunities in health administration. Whether you're a clinical professional, a corporate worker, a student, or a patient yourself, this podcast is for everyone. Get ready to be inspired. Hello, current and future healthcare leaders. Welcome to the Health Admin Life Podcast. My name is Brooke, and today I would like to welcome Samantha Yang, Administrative Fellow at Emory Healthcare. Samantha, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are? Yeah. So hello, everybody. My name is Samantha, and I am currently, like Brooke said, an administrative fellow at Emory Healthcare in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm originally from Chicago, and I went to the University of Illinois at Chicago for both my undergraduate and graduate degrees. And I am the founder of Mastering MHA, which is a social media platform for all things healthcare administration and tips and tricks for navigating that path. Wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit more about what an administrative fellow is and a little bit more about the position and day-to-day duties? I don't think our listeners really know what that position entails. Yeah. So being an administrative fellow, I like to describe it as you get to do a little bit of everything every day. So it's true when you work in healthcare, every day is a little bit different. And depending on what you're doing and who you're working with, that also changes things. So for me on the day-to-day, a lot of my projects are focused on an operational kind of project scope. And I do a lot of project management with different teams like our heart and vascular team and our neurology team, which are two specific hospital service lines that I work with. Um, Some of my projects are also a bit more strategy-based. So again, like I said earlier, depending on who I'm working with, some things may be more of a planning project for something that's coming in the future or in the next quarter, whereas some other projects are, as people will often say in healthcare, putting out fires on the daily. So that's a little bit about what I do as an administrative fellow. Thank you so much for sharing May I ask, what sector are you in? I know you're working at a hospital. It could be a health system. Could you explain more what that is? Yeah. So Emory Healthcare is an AMC or an academic medical center. And that means that we have a tie towards Emory University or just a general, you know, um, scholastic system. So you'll hear that term thrown around a lot, but that is kind of what Emory is in terms of an institution or a sector. Um, kind of uniquely enough, Emory is the largest healthcare employer in the state. And so it's always really interesting for me being from um, a different place to learn continuously about the market, about how um, that impacts our staffing, our projects, and what goes on inside the four walls of each of our hospital operating units. Wow, that's great. I had no idea. That's a really cool fun fact. How long would you say you've been in the industry? Okay, so this question always kind of shocks me because I think when you are sitting down day to day, you don't think about how long you've been in the industry. But recently I was asked this and I like to say that in total as a student, I was there for six years. So that's six years of experience in the healthcare field. And then um, now I've been in my administrative fellowship for about a year and a half. So that kind of makes it out to be around eight years, um, which is a very long time. But like I said, you don't always realize that on a day to day. 
Exactly. I would say similar situation. Um, but it's, it's interesting. It's like you start in school and you build up so many years, but at the same time, you haven't fully been working in the workforce. Um, I would say probably you've done internships and also working part-time, but it's not necessarily the same. Um, but for my next question, what made you interested in this and how did you essentially get to where you are today? So like I said earlier, I was a student for a very long time. <laughs> I think as most of us are, to be honest, at this point. But in undergrad, I knew that I was really interested in neuroscience specifically. And I actually was on the pre-medicine track, again, like many of us, um, and was on the track to becoming a clinician. And I was really intrigued in that. But at some point in that process and that journey, I had this realization that there's some part of healthcare that you may not get to always do as a clinician. And so I realized that through, like you mentioned earlier, internships, through research opportunities and shadowing. And I really wanted to explore that. I felt like if I'm going to go through all this schooling, I really need to you know, dig deep and search out every opportunity that there is. And so in doing that, I actually found out about the MHA program at um, the University of Illinois at Chicago. And that's when I said, okay, this is really cool because it takes my, you know, clinical knowledge and applies it to a more strategic and operational focus, which I think at my core of just who I am on a day-to-day is you know what I'm really interested in and what I'm really passionate about. So that's kind of how I fell into the route of being an MHA student, but I have really enjoyed it and I've quite frankly never looked back. That's fantastic. And I know not every MHA program requires you to do a fellowship. What attracted you to a fellowship specifically? Yeah, so for me, when I was wrapping up my MHA, I really found that I had a lot of knowledge in very specific areas. And something about a fellowship that was really interesting to me was that you could continue to broaden your horizons. I knew that every day I was going to be given a different kind of task or different person that I could shadow with. And that person didn't have to just be a clinician. It could be um, the CEO. It could be the, um, you know, anybody in finance, anybody in nursing, um, anybody in the academic side. So there was a lot of opportunity to stay current as a student, but transition into the workforce. And so that's one of the things that interested me into it. I think another thing was that, you know, as a student, you don't always think that you have a ton of professional experience. So I knew that being a fellow would allow me to gain some of that experience in a more professional setting. I would be working a nine to five. I'd be salaried like a you know regular employee. And as a student, I think that's a big mindset mindset shift that you have to kind of wrap your head around. So it's kind of like a soft launch, as I like to say, um, but it really does challenge you to develop skills on the daily that I can see myself using post-fellowship as well. I completely agree. I think fellowships are so, so valuable and they exponentially, um, I would say, exceed your timeline and speed it up 
compared to just going into the workforce because they give you that ability to work with high-level executives, expand your knowledge, and ultimately give you that support and guidance you may not have otherwise. Um, so thank you for sharing. For our next question, what would you say is your favorite thing about working in healthcare? So I feel like sometimes this changes, but um, I think the main thing that has always kept me in healthcare is that I love being in a place where I can connect people. I think one of my biggest passions within healthcare is finding ways to serve as I like to call it a bridge between like healthcare administrators, clinicians, and patients. So really taking the main kind of three groups that we think of in healthcare and saying, how can I piece them together so that we can be successful together, we can have improved outcomes, or that we can just improve the care of one patient that we're looking at for today. And I think that is something I've learned over time through different experiences professionally and personally. And it's become one of the core values that I hold near and dear to me and that I would say I encourage other people to look for as well, because sometimes your projects or you know your teammates may not always see eye to eye, but if you can say, hey, how can I connect us all together, bring us back to what we're trying to do, that's going to be the key to success there. Wonderful. Do you have any insights for aspiring leaders going into health administration? Yeah, I think one thing I always say on my Mastering MHA kind of podcast and platform in general is to explore. I mentioned a lot in our conversation thus far about how I think it's really important to continuously grow. And I think as students, as um, lifelong learners, whichever you kind of fall into at whatever period of time you're listening to this, I think there's always an opportunity to say, what can I do tomorrow? What can I do today? That's going to make something change and be different. And so I think if you have that mindset, it's going to help you further your career, not only because you'll be able to have that positive kind of forward-looking mindset and, and outlook, but you'll also kind of connect with people who also see that, who want to help you do um achieve your goals and whatnot. And so I kind of think that leads to a second point, um, which I'll just touch on briefly, which is, you know, find mentors who are really kind of in your area of interest, but then also outside of your area of interest. I think when you're trying to explore, when you're trying to grow and establish yourself, you really want people who are not only going to root for you, but challenge you. I've had some really fantastic mentors at Emory, at internships, at, in my academic career outside of it, who have from all different angles challenged me to say, well, what is that doing for you? How are you making it different? How is it impacting you? And those types of questions I would probably have never thought about in as much depth as I did, if not for those wonderful people. So definitely do your networking in a meaningful way and, and find those people who are going to be there with you for the long run. I think you're completely right. And ultimately, you don't have to plan things alone when you have a mentor. When you have these resources to support you in this journey, I think it can be really helpful and allow you to have that successful career. 
-hmm. For my next question, is there one thing you could improve for the healthcare delivery system and what would it be? Um, <laughs> so I think for me, I know I, it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and it's tough because when you are in healthcare, everybody wants to make a change, right? I think that's why most of us get into the field. So if I had to pick one thing for today, at least, I think I would say, you know, find ways, and this relates back to, you know, connecting things and people, find ways to always bring new things in and make like healthcare more accessible for people on whatever the outside is, right? So it could be the outside of your hospital walls. It could be the outside of that network. Um, it could just be outside of that group that you're working with at that specific moment. I think if you're able to create accessibility and open doors for people in your small circle of the world, you are going to make such a large impact because not only are you driving change in one metric or one project, but you're also influencing the people that you're working with, which then kind of to that ripple effect that I think so many of us hear about in healthcare. It really does happen in real life. And I think it's so important, especially when we're going through so much change um, just in the world right now. And as young healthcare leaders like ourselves are emerging, I think that's the best thing that we can bring is our fresh perspective and use that as a way to drive more people into this field in an open and honest way. I think not only having access in terms of care, but also access in terms of better education and a better education system to ultimately create better leaders is important. And I think even just having these meaningful conversations just like this is something that we can do and should do more of to help others along the way. Even though it is potentially a small step, I think it's a small step in the right direction. Um, and I think that both of us and many other healthcare leaders want to give back and doing things like this is a way to do so. Um, now, before wrapping things up, I would love to create more transparency in this field and especially for administrative fellowships. May I ask, what is the salary or salary range for this position? Yeah, so I think a good range is always helpful to have because I'll be honest, <laughs> um, I think fellowships sometimes don't pay as much as people might want to be making right out of school. And I definitely found that to be the case for myself. I was, you know, like many of us, you know, accrue loans and just expenses from everyday life. And so I really tried to think, you know, how can I put a positive spin on this, right? We mentioned a lot of the portion of the fellowship that you get personally and professionally is the networking and the experience. And I think that's thing to value. So for me, I would say my range when looking and currently is like 50 to 70 K. And that's pretty um, standard across the country in terms of fellowships, but that also ranges with where you are, what the living expenses are, um, and kind of the cost of living in that specific state or county or wherever you are. So take it up with a grain of salt, but also know that, you know, there's opportunities to kind of um, negotiate if that's something that you're interested in too. That's great. And I know you mentioned that 
Emory actually might have some, I guess, additional resources for fellowships, not just the base compensation pay. Can you remind me what that is again? Yeah. So one of the things that sold me on Emory besides, you know, the people and the place to work was that in our kind of fellowship package, they do offer personal development funds or I should say professional development funds, sorry. So with those funds, you can use them personally to advance your career. So I've used it to attend conferences. I've used it to take courses online and in person through both Emory Healthcare and outside vendors. And I found it to be really fantastic because that's something that you know, helps you continuously learn, network, um, but then also just access into different things that you might want to explore as you are developing yourself with an organization. And to see them encourage that is fantastic. So definitely was like the cherry on top. (laughs) That is fantastic. And not every program has that. So I think it's great that Emory does. And I think something else to keep in mind regarding compensation is it's not always about that base salary. So having those extra little things can really make a difference um, when they can't offer you more. So for instance, I think it's always good to negotiate, let's say you're working from home, so you can negotiate the Wi-Fi or other subscriptions, your more PTO, your 401k, your HSA savings account, other flexible working options um, regarding hours, having a relocation stipend, your start date. Um, some other education, I guess, tuition reimbursements and other supplies. I would say even, I know something I'm looking forward to in the future is possibly a walking treadmill. So I'm wondering if something like that, I could get expensed. Um, but again, I think everything is negotiable. So keeping that mind in the future, um, But before wrapping things up, I wanted to say thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And I wanted to thank you again for being a guest speaker on this podcast. Is there a way that listeners can stay connected with you after the show? Yeah, I would be so thrilled if um, people wanted to connect. So I think the best way to stay in touch and stay updated is following me on my Instagram platform, which is at MasteringMHA. Um, that's going to take you to pretty much everything, the blog, the podcast, and of course, um, kind of daily updates of what I'm doing. I always like to hop on stories and interact with people from across the country. And I find it's a really fun way to build community and of course, to offer what I've learned to future healthcare administrators as well. That's great. I wanted to say thank you everyone for listening. If you would like to listen to more episodes, check out the link in my bio at Health Admin Life on TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. And this show is brought to you by our sponsors, Riverside and Anchor by Spotify. Hope you have a wonderful day.